break today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about Macomb County. Macomb County, which is the center of attention or has been the center of attention after the 2016 presidential election. People from all over the country have been coming here, uh, talking to people there, looking around, uh, wondering what uh, the dynamics in that county look like because it's one of the key counties that helped make Donald Trump the president of the United States. So we are going to talk to folks from Macon County today about uh, what's going on there, what they expect from a Trump presidency, and why perhaps they think so much of the nation uh, seems uh, uneducated or or guessing about them and their issues. And of course, if you live in Macomb County, we get a lot of calls on this show each day from folks in Macomb, especially today. We want to hear from you. What did you do in the ballot box on November 8th? And are you, are you feeling the way that the national media are describing that you are feeling after the election. Of course, Macomb County was once upon a time the home of Reagan Democrats who uh, had a similar sort of effect and impression on national politics. Uh, now, there will there be such a thing as uh, Trump Democrats, for instance, or some sort of other moniker that comes up uh, to describe folks in Macomb County and and how they feel and what they did here in this presidential election. So about half past the hour, we will get to that segment. You, and again, we're going to want to hear, especially from folks who listen to this show who are in Macomb County, what did you think about the election? What do you think about the next four years? What are you expecting? But first, after Christmas and New Year around here, we always start talking about our own kind of annual holiday, the North American International Auto Show. There was a period of time when the auto show was losing its magic not too long ago, when the auto industry was suffering and some luxury car companies even stopped coming to the show in Detroit, but it has rebounded in a serious way along with the industry as we are seeing uh, unit sales in the 15 million range and up. Uh, We're seeing new and exciting innovation every year from the industry, and the auto show is itself bigger and glitzier than I can remember seeing it in many, many years. Here to talk to us uh, about what he's seeing at the auto show during Media Week. This is Media Week when uh, members of the media get a preview of the show is Paul Eisenstein. He's the publisher of the DetroitBureau.com. Paul, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, good to be with you. But, yeah. uh, Stephen, before we do anything, i got to correct one thing you said. Yeah? Actually, the auto industry set its third record year in a row in the United States, uh, at 17.4 yeah. 17.4. The big question going forward is, will the market start to slip this coming year? I should say 2017. Uh, there's already signs that it will. So yeah. it would not likely to have a fourth record. Yeah. Row. Well, but I, I, I can remember when we hit 15, what was that, two, mm. two years ago, I think? Uh, uh, well, it was at least three now. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the amazing thing. A lot of people did not think that the auto industry would hit a record uh, this cycle. Yeah. You know, the general perspective was that it would be a slow recovery, uh, a partial recovery, and then sort of stabilizing, and then we'd have to wait for the next economic cycle. So it's a real surprise just how strong the industry is. And I know you were leading in by talking about, uh, about Donald Trump. Uh-huh. 
So one of the questions that people are asking is whether or not uh, the industry will just see a slight decline or if his policies work, uh, we could see a stronger economy and perhaps a, a stronger market than, than expected, or we could see a wholesale collapse of the new car market if some of his policies outright fail. Right. Specifically, if he were to incite a, a trade war of some kind with Mexico well, that's or China, big that would be a real that would be a real problem for the industry. Uh, as I said in the open, when things are good in the industry, the show is different. The show feels different. It looks different. Uh, I, I am seeing things at this show uh, this year uh, that that uh, that seem to reflect that, that this is a big show and uh, the, the companies are here to really sort of flex a muscle and show off a little glamour. Yeah, very definitely. It's actually a very curious show because – we do have that 800-pound gorilla uh, known as uh, Donald J., uh, <laughs> who uh, is, is, has been the subject of virtually every news conference, or at least the scrums, the media uh, jumping executives right after. Certainly every roundtable and event that I've been, it's come up, as it did last week, by the way, at the Consumer Electronics Show, where, you know, uh, there were a lot of autom- automakers present as well. So, so that's one thing that people are talking about. Uh, and we have this automobility event that's right. running concurrent with the auto show right down here at Kobo. And that's the other big topic here because this is an industry in transition. Nobody really knows what the auto industry is going to be like 10 years from now. And the transition starting now, everything from electric and hydrogen power to autonomous driving, which is probably the hot, one of the hottest topics in the news right now. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about that mobility question, I mean, that, that is changing the show itself and it's changing the way that, um, that the automakers sort of arrive at the show and the things that they want to talk about. And I think nobody is out further front uh, on that than, than Ford. Uh, and that's also true in the, in the way that Ford is sort of embracing the idea of mobility and being a mobility com- uh, company. We saw uh, yesterday a, 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 pretty, uh, a pretty explicit display of Ford's enthusiasm, I think, for this idea of mobility. Yeah, very definitely. Ford has repositioned itself uh, no longer as a car manufacturer, but as a mobility company trying to take advantage of, well, there are four big changes. Uh, Mercedes sums it up very well. They call it CASE, uh, Connected, Autonomous, uh, Shared, and Electric. Connected as in connected cars, and right. that's two forms. One is all the infotainment stuff that we, we now expect in today's cars. You know, you know, you can be connected, watch your videos if you're in the back, text, do everything uh, through the car. Uh, autonomous, of course, self-driving vehicles, and Ford has even uh, been pushing for the idea of fully driverless. Nobody behind the wheel even as a backup. Shared as in both car sharing, where you can walk over to a stand and get, say, a car to go uh, for minutes or hours, as opposed to days with classic rentals, uh, and, of course, ride sharing like Uber and Lyft, and then finally, electric. Uh, and that could be uh, from a battery or from a hydrogen fuel cell. Some people estimate that as much as a uh, third of the vehicles sold by 2030, and some even say higher, will have some form of 
pure battery electric or hydrogen power. Uh, and when you add in regular hybrids and plug-ins, that could be over half. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what are the cool things you're seeing at the, this year's show? Uh, cool cars, cool concepts? Well, yeah, there, there are quite a few of them. And, and, and there are a lot of things to talk about. And people will, during the public days, see a lot, including a, a demonstration down the basement of autonomous driving. Right. So those who want to find out about the future technology, you know, the uh, science fiction becomes real. You'll be able to find stuff here and even in some cases drive some of it down in the lower level of Kobo. Now, there's a lot of hot cars. Interestingly enough, the biggest presence we have here is from the Japanese and Europeans. Figure yes. that out. A ton of products from Mercedes-Benz, including a new E-Class Coupe, their, their supercar, the GT. BMW has the Concept X2, uh, sort of a combination crossover and, and wagon, uh, as well as uh, several plug-in hybrid models, including one of their big 7 Series. Audi rolling out a whole bunch of vehicles. One of the most beautiful cars on display is the Audi Q8 Concept, which will be back as a, as a premium luxury SUV in just about a year when it goes to production. Now, you want to hear the big surprise? What's that? The big surprise is that a company long known for making appliances is here with two different models designed, literally designed, to change the way you view the company. Toyota has the Lexus LS and an all-new Camry. You know, these, are, these used to be bland appliances, <laughs> good, solid, reliable. Oh, right. their own executives will tell you, we, right. we're known as appliances. Right. And there's a brand-new Camry that is going to shock people when they see how extreme the company has gone with its design. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Paul Eisenstein. He is the publisher of the DetroitBureau.com auto writer. He has been checking out the North American International Auto Show media preview this week, seeing what the, the car companies have uh, on display, seeing what technologies they're showing off. Uh, this year. Uh, if you have a question for Paul, want to talk about the auto show, you're excited to get in starting Saturday morning, I believe, is when they will open the doors to the public. Uh, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter, and hashtag Detroit Today will work your comments into the conversation. Uh, the technology part of this show, Paul, is is changing it uh, pretty rapidly. Yeah. There's also there's also though I guess this fear uh, that um, that technology shows, which like CES for instance, are going to start being the focus of auto companies as opposed to the auto show. I mean, is there some point where all of this stuff just merges and instead of an auto show we have an auto and technology show that's you know here or in vegas and that all the car companies and the technologies companies are together sort of showing off their products simultaneously yeah it's an interesting question uh, carlos Ghosn brought that up yesterday and when he was previously in in las vegas keynoting the consumer electronics show or just as they've renamed it ces uh, -huh. uh for those who who aren't real familiar, CES is one of the biggest shows in Las Vegas, annual shows. Uh, I can't even tell you how big it is. It fills those, what, three or four million, or is it five million square feet? Square feet at the convention, convention center. center. Yeah. It takes over uh, at least a dozen hotels all over the city. 
the Mandalay Bay, the Westgate, and so on. Uh, trying to get to cover everything is almost impossible. And what's what's amazing is while CES has traditionally been about smartphones, computers, televisions, drones, uh, the last two years, this year in particular, we have seen a lot of major, not just a presence by, but introductions by auto companies. Intriguingly, Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler, did not do an event, did not do a single preview right. no reveal at the North American International Auto Show. Yeah. Their only preview was at CES, where they revealed the portal concept, an electric autonomous envisioning of what the minivan of the future aimed at the millennial generation would look like. Quite striking. It is here on display, so you'll get to look at it. But the introduction was in CES. Yeah, yeah. Um, when uh, when the auto executives talk about their fears uh, right now, and that's always something that I think looms over everyone here in Detroit. I mean, uh, you know, the, the industry has its ups and its downs, and mm-hmm. uh, you're never secure in the idea that, well, we're just past all of that and things are going to yeah. be good. Uh, what are the things, I mean, other than the the... the Uncertainty of the Trump administration, which I would imagine is one of the big uh, one of oh, the big that fears. Is, um, that is the big fear right now. Nobody yeah. knows. Now, here's a positive thing about uh, about the incoming president, at least as far as the auto industry is concerned. Uh, they're hoping that he does a couple things that they'd like to see. Maybe roll back the fuel economy standards, uh-huh. uh, which which are going to be tough. Fifty four and a half miles a gallon by 2025, and the uh, the uh, Obama administration just upheld those just a matter of weeks ago. Uh, the other thing that the industry is hoping is that the, the corporate tax rate will come down. Sure. They, they'd also like to see things like infrastructure cons- uh, construction, uh, some of which will affect all these autonomous vehicles. But they don't know what the administration will do. And so that's, that's uh, certainly a big question mark, especially when it comes to trade. Another fear. How far down will the industry go this year? The general consensus is that it can't continue at the pace that it did. Right. Uh, there, there, there's, of course, oil. Now, we've seen a big jump, what, 20-some percent in gas prices here in Michigan, curiously enough, since the election. Uh, that could change perceptions of the SUVs and CUVs, crossover utility vehicles, that have come to dominate the market. Will that trend continue? The industry doesn't know, but what they're betting on is that sedans and station wagons and coupes and sports cars, muscle cars like the Mustang, will continue to lose momentum and that they'll have to shift to more and more utes and pickups. Yeah. Um, What about uh, the the split between... um cars you make here in the United States and cars you make overseas. That is a preoccupation of the president-elect. Uh, what is the industry thinking? I mean, for a long time, the thinking was there's just not a real practical way to make these smaller cars uh, and make them profitable in the United States, and that's why they're moving them overseas. Uh, we did just see a, a slight reversal of that on on Ford's part. No one's quite not really, sure. Not yeah, really. I mean, it's not. It's that, not. That, that was the the worst reported story yeah, I had seen. Yeah, it's not what people are saying it is. But but uh, and there was a lot more going on there than than I think the stories seem to reflect in terms of motivation. 
but but is this is this still a, a a tension in the industry? This this pressure to make more here, make more cars here, but also the 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 trouble with making those cars profitably here. That's been the big issue that everybody's talking about at this show. Now, let me let me back up for one second. I, this really ticks me off because the media did a very bad job. They they bought into the Trump tweets, uh, which were inaccurate. <laughs> right. uh, Ford is is continuing with its plans to move small car production from the United States to Mexico. The only thing they did was they decided that small car sales are plunging so much they can't justify building a $1.6 billion factory to, to produce cars that they aren't going to be able to sell in number. So they're deciding instead they're going to put the focus, in particular, into another Mexican plant. They're not bringing that car back. The plans for the Flat Rock plant here in Michigan were basically in place anyway. You have to understand how long these plans take. Right. All these plans were made before Donald Trump was elected. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, I, this is not a slash on him except for the tweets, which really bother me because they're inaccurate. Uh, Ford was going to do this no matter what. If Hillary were in, they were probably going to drop – they were going to drop the plant. The, the decision was pretty much made before the election. It just had the board approval in November. Right. Uh, okay. The plans to uh, the plans to put those two trucks, including the reborn Bronco, into Wayne. Guess what? They had already signaled that they were putting. They just didn't announce the names of the trucks. Yes. Fiat Chrysler was already planning to put a billion dollars into plants in Illinois and Michigan to build trucks. They dropped, they had already dropped the cars that were being produced. They shut those down. They're not even building them anymore. So all those plans were in place anyway. Uh, small cars just aren't selling, but cars in general aren't. It's, it's all about light trucks, and you're going to see more and more of those, in fact, produced in the United States. If you look back, the amount of car, uh, vehicle production in the United States, percentage of vehicles produced in the United States and then sold here has been soaring for years and especially since the uh, since the end of the Great Recession. So that trend was already underway. Sure. And, uh, and the only the only question is will will uh, Trump put up barriers to vehicles that are brought in? And if he does, will he focus only on Mexico, or will he put in trade barriers uh, across the world? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, uh, give me a, an idea of what we expect the next couple of days. We saw we've seen some big reveals already. Uh, is there is there more on tap? Today is more of the uh, the automobility day. That there were fewer previews. I have to say there were significantly fewer previews here than we've seen in recent years. Uh -huh. Still important ones, but not as many new car previews. We saw a lot on Sunday and then Monday. Uh, today is almost exclusively going to be about suppliers and technology and the like, yeah. uh, and that's where I'm going to be tied up, and I'll be running off to. Uh, uh, an event uh, sponsored by ZF, ZF, the uh, the German uh, supplier, just as soon as I get off the phone. Uh, so the, the previews have pretty much been out there. Uh, no no more products to be just uh, debuted here for the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the big gala on uh, Ah, yes. Uh, prom <laughs> we'll night. see you there, like call I'm it. sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Paul Eisenstein, publisher of the DetroitBureau.com. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Detroit Today. My pleasure. I hope to see you down here sometime this week. Absolutely. All right. Uh, up next, we're going to talk about Macomb County as a national bellwether in the presidential election. We'll talk about what makes that county unique in our region and 
maybe in our country next. And we're going to want to hear from you about that. If you live in Macomb County, you work there, uh, tell us what you see about uh, the dynamic there that helped elect Donald Trump to be president of the United States. Stay with us on Detroit Today.